You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 329, Leading from the Heart. You know, we talk a lot about the the nuts and bolts of leadership and the different aspects of leadership and some of the technical things that go into leading others and leading them well. But one of the things that often gets overlooked at is the heart of a leader. And I get it, especially if we're talking about a secular context, if we're talking about the job, the marketplace, um, you know, you, you won't hear this very taught very often in the, the leadership seminars. However, um, I know it works because I used it myself when I worked for the police department leading others. I tried to lead from the heart. Now, this doesn't negate the other things. There still needs to be um, the other aspects of leadership that we talk about so often. But again, I, I think it kind of comes back to the heart and the heart that we have as a leader and the the heart that we have for those we lead. Uh, When I first got promoted to sergeant in the police department, my lieutenant said, "Um, your job is to take care of your people. That doesn't mean you don't deal with problems. It doesn't mean you don't have hard conversations. But the bottom line is we take care of our people as much as we can because they're our our most valuable resource. Um, They're the reason that, that we're in our position is... Um, to look after them, to to make sure they've got everything they need to do the job. And so I took that to heart, and obviously it translates into the, the spiritual realm as well, in the realm of uh, volunteerism and church ministry and uh, nonprofits organizations. So we're going to look at this through the lens of the Beatitudes. So we're going to read this passage of Scripture. This is Matthew 5, 2 through 12, and we'll unpack it a bit in, uh, in this episode and probably next week as well. And uh, this is the beginning of Jesus' great sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew uh, 5, 6, and 7. Um, three chapters, a complete sermon. Um, absolutely amazing. I encourage you to sit down and read all three chapters. But he begins the sermon with what are known as the Beatitudes. And he's talking about some attitudes that um, his followers needed to have to be successful in life. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. 
Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And that's from Matthew 5, verses 2 through 12. Take a sip of water there. Now, I can almost guarantee you you've never heard these verses um, taught in the context of leadership. And, and to be fair, Jesus wasn't um, probably teaching leaders when he was teaching this. He was teaching his followers the, the attitudes, the quality of heart um, that they needed to have. But what I've found is these things translate very well into leadership and will actually really help you uh, to be a more successful and more fruitful leader. So we're going to unpack them. Obviously, um, you know, we'll look at the context and we'll see how it applies because everything is not going to apply um, right across the board. But let's take a look at this first one. Um, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The poor in spirit. What what is he talking about there? Um, I think this will go hand in hand with when he talks about blessed are the meek. Um, for they shall inherit the earth. He's talking about humility. But poor in spirit, I think there's this attitude um, that, that, that many leaders have that they know it all, that they don't need anyone else, and that they have everything that they need. And I think one of the things that, that Christ was telling his followers here is, um, one of the things that we have to realize is we all have things that we need. None of us are complete in ourselves. And he said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. In other words, blessed are those who, who realize they don't have everything. Blessed are those who realize they don't have it all together because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, the, the kingdom of heaven is, is, is a bigger term than we, a phrase that we want to, than we want to get into here. But I think understanding this idea of community, that we need each other, and as a leader, um, the sooner I realize I don't have it all together, the sooner I realize that I don't have to try and pretend that I'm something that I'm not, the sooner I realize that I need other people to help me, uh, the sooner I'm going to start on, on that path towards being a success. And then I want to lead right into this next one. Again, this is another one we don't really think of in the context of leadership, but we're talking about the heart of a leader. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, obviously, Jesus is talking here about people who are mourning. He's promising that, that he'll, he'll be there to comfort them. But as a leader, how do you do when your people are going through a very serious situation? Um, as a leader in, in the police department, as a pastor, I've helped people through divorces. I've helped people through deaths, um, addictions. Uh, there's so many things that pop up in the course of leadership besides getting the job done, besides the mission at hand, besides the tasks that have to be done um, to make the organization move forward, if you're interacting with your people, you realize that they're people. They have problems, um, marital problems, problems with their kids, financial problems. And so these things pop up periodically. Now, if, if, if I don't want to deal with my heart, I can just ignore those things. You know, when I hear, hear that one of my people is having an issue with their wife or going through a divorce or dealing with something very serious, I can just pretend I didn't hear about it, just keep focusing on the task at hand and, you know, maintain a, air quotes, professional um, demeanor. But I think really the heart of a leader is 
getting into the trenches with our people. Now listen, in the workplace, this is not necessarily the place where we bear all our problems. And there is a certain amount of um, the attitude that, you know, we do need to leave the home at home. But the fact of the matter is, people are people. And, and if you're going through something traumatic, it can't help but carry over into work. And, you know, let's face it, depending on the context that you're leading in, you might be the only person that that employee, that that volunteer has to talk to. Uh, what I found as, as, as a leader in a, in a secular environment in the police department was that most of my folks didn't go to church. They didn't have a pastor to talk to when they were going through a divorce. So so that's why I've got the, the man, that's why I've got the woman sitting in front of my desk crying because their marriage is falling apart and they don't have anybody else to talk to. Now, listen, this can be uncomfortable. And, and obviously in some settings, you know, I know people are going to say, well, look, that's just not, you know, what we should be doing at work. But again, if you want to be an effective leader, if you want to be the leader that your, your people look up to, and also are going to give you 100% because you've given them 100%. You know, you've got to be willing to sit there and, and even have that conversation with them, let them cry, maybe cry with them, put an arm around them if it's appropriate, whatever. But blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Well, you, as the leader, might be the one who's doing the comforting. So I encourage you to um, not be that leader who just kind of walks away from those 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 difficult situations. If you've got somebody who's going through a difficult situation, I encourage you to to at least acknowledge it, to do what you can to to try and comfort them, maybe write a card. I don't know, whatever you think is right, but again, people are going to deal with things and as a leader, how are you going to help them get through it? The next one. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Now, now meekness is not necessarily a phrase or a term that uh, that we use today. But in in in, in the the Bible words and in, in, in the theological words, all meekness really is talking about here is a, a humility. Um, the word meekness actually is 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 a very strong word. It means someone who who bears up under oppression sometimes. It means that person who um, doesn't feel like they always have to get their way. So in our context, let's maybe redefine this and let's say, blessed are the humble, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, humility, um, I don't know about you, but I've worked around some leaders who um, probably needed some lessons in humility. And if I'm honest, I probably have too from time to time. You know, that, I guess it's the nature of being human. But what I've found is those leaders that I I want to give 100% to, those leaders that, um, that I really trust are those who um, really do walk in humility. Though they, they don't put on airs. What you see is what you get. Uh, they don't try and be something they're not. If they don't know the answer to a question, they'll say, you know what, I don't know, but I'll find out. Or you know what? That's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. Let's find out together. You know, that to me inspires so much respect. And learning to lead in humility uh, is very powerful. Uh, those, 
you know, a particular leader that that, that that I worked with in the police department, a couple of ranks above me. And, and they felt periodically that if, if you know, they were having a conversation with one of their subordinates and, and that subordinate wasn't just jumping on board with their wonderful idea, they'd pull their badge out and hold it up and say, look, my badge says, Major, what does your badge say? Well, sergeant or patrolman or corporal or whatever it might be. And that ends the conversation. But you know what? That's classless. And it shows a real lack of humility. If somebody's not just jumping on board with your great idea, it might be a good idea to continue to have a conversation or say, you know, look, I agree, you're, you're right, I'm not really sure, but let's try it anyway. Um, ultimately, you get to make the decision. If you're the leader, you get to make the decision, but we don't have to be obnoxious about it. So learning to walk in humility is a very, very powerful trait and a great way for us to lead from the heart. don't go away. I'll be right back. I just wanted to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Leading into the 21st Century and Beyond 2.0. This is the expanded version of my uh, book on leadership. And so it's got some new chapters in it. It's got some new content. We deal with leadership. We deal with supervision. We deal with management. Uh, one of the, the, the most uh, talked about sections in the book is a section on middle management, leading from the middle. You know, we hear a lot of talk about leading from the front, but if you're in middle management, it doesn't quite work that way. So how do you deal with that, leading from the middle? So um, each chapter is, is relatively short, just a few pages, and there's some great discussion questions to help you immediately put that material into practice. Well, all right, we've talked about poor in spirit. Being a leader who, who, who understands they don't have all the answers. Being a leader who um, realizes that they need other people. Um, you know, and there's probably more in, in this phrase of poor in spirit that, than we want to spend time on here. But I think you get the idea that um, just understanding that I'm not complete in myself um, there's a whole lot about leadership that, that I don't know, and I'll probably be learning until the day I die. And understanding that and acknowledging it is a great first step to leading from the heart. We talked about blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Well, in a leadership situation, you might be the one to do the comforting because there are going to be times when your people are going to go through things, they're going to go through situations, and you might be the only one that they have to talk to. We talked about blessed are the meek or the humble for they shall inherit the earth. And as a leader, humility is one of those absolute essential qualities. If you want to be an effective leader, one of the most important things that you can develop is an attitude of humility. It doesn't mean you have to grovel. It doesn't mean you have to uh, put yourself down. It just means um, you understand your position and you've already got the position. You've already got the authority. We don't have to be obnoxious about it. And just learning to walk in humility is a powerful thing. And then, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness. You know, as a leader, we really do have to walk to a higher standard. I was always amazed in, in the police department, and this is not pointing fingers at anybody. Look, 
People are human. We all make mistakes. But I was always amazed when, as a younger officer who didn't have any rank, or as I started to move up in rank, when I would see somebody above me get in trouble for something really bad, maybe some type of ethics violation. And I was always amazed at that. And look, I get that I get it that there's temptation. I understand that. We're all human. But as a leader, we should hunger and thirst for righteousness. Hungering and thirst for righteousness to do the right thing. You know, it's not enough to to just do things right. Um, we really should should seek to do the right thing. And, you know, and that's that was kind of the thing that that is as I moved up in rank, I would tell my people is, look. It's not enough to just tick the boxes and say, I did everything right. Really, what I want is you to do the right thing. Because, you know, as as a leader, you're not always there to look over your people's shoulder. And so we need people who we can trust that are going to do the right thing for the right reason. And we're not having to worry about their integrity. But at the same time, that applies to us as well. And, you know, as a leader, we should be above reproach. And how we relate to people of, of the opposite sex, and how we deal with financial matters, um, anything ethic, ethically involved, we need to be absolutely above reproach. And you know, it always breaks my heart when I see a leader, um, you know, fall. And you know, the reality is, if you go in and dig in and really look at that situation, they didn't just fall. This was a series of circumstances and, and, and choices that led to this. Um, when you hear of a, a pastor falling, when you hear of a CEO um, getting fired in, in humiliation and disgrace, it didn't just happen. There was a ser- there was a buildup to that, and that's why it's so important that we um, live a life that's that that's right, that's open, that people can see and they know that we're doing the right thing. Um, there's a fantastic book I'll list it in the, the resource highlights as well called uh, Derailed. And it's a, a, a character study, a case study. I believe it's of 12 different, not, not pastors, but CEOs who had huge collapses. And, you know, you, you think of, well, moral failures. Well, that was part of it. But surprisingly, that wasn't the whole thing. It really started from making little compromises here and there, uh, a lack of humility, a lack of being teachable, uh, a, an arrogance, thinking that they were above everything, and, and, and that led to eventually a collapse. It's a fascinating book, um, so I'll list it in the show notes. I know you'll enjoy it. So blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Listen, we have to be above reproach. We can't expect our people to uphold a standard if we don't uphold a standard. And I've seen uh, police supervisors and managers, and and again, I I hate to keep bringing that up, but that's where I worked for 30 years, um, getting on to their people because they've done something. But I know for a fact that that supervisor or manager is doing something even worse or has has been caught for doing things that are even worse. So, so if we want to hold our people to a high standard, we need to hold ourselves to an even higher standard. And then, and this is a good contrast to, to hungering and thirst for righteousness, it's blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive 
mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. You know, as a leader, you are going to deal with people at their best, and you're going to deal with people at their worst. And there are times when, as a leader, you have to have those difficult conversations. There are times as a leader when you have to even make that decision um, or set the process in motion for termination, um, depending on what the situation is. But there are also times as a leader when you get the opportunity to show mercy. There are times when you can have that conversation with somebody who just knows that they're going to be fired because they messed up, and you have the opportunity to show mercy. And, you know, there may be consequences with that mercy. That's fine. But as a leader, learning to show mercy is a powerful, powerful thing. I was talking to a, a, a friend this past week, a younger guy, and he said that, you know, he's, he started a new job and it's a, it's a different kind of career than he's, than he's been involved in before. And after a couple of months, he, he's working in the office and he made a really big mistake and it cost the company some money. And I said, man, what happened? And he said, you know, he said, <laughs> the boss called me in, chewed me out pretty good and said, listen, you know, I just spent several thousand dollars with your mistake training you on how not to do it, so I expect you to do better next time. And this young guy, even though he had gotten chewed out, he went out actually really relieved because he kind of expected to be fired. And instead, he was shown mercy. And and, and I kind of like the attitude of the boss. You know, why should I fire you? Now you know, know how not to do it, and I've just paid for some of your education. So So I really like that. But um, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Um, as a leader, let mercy be one of those things that flows out of our heart. Obviously, there's times we have to deal with stuff, and uh, and that can be unpleasant as well. But there are plenty of other times when you get the opportunity to show mercy and move on, and your people will be so grateful for it. Now, I'm going to stop there. When we come back next week, we've got several more of these important Beatitudes to talk about as we talk about leading from the heart. So I encourage you to go to davidspell.com. Um, if you got a question or a comment, leave it in the comments section for today's post. And while you're at it, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so that we can stay in touch. I post fresh content every week. I post a blog on Monday and Friday. And then uh, this podcast comes out on Wednesday. And by subscribing, it'll just slide right into your inbox. Make sure you check out the excuse me, the resource highlights. Click on those and uh, see if that might be something you'd be interested in. And I look forward to seeing you next week on Leading and Learning.